Today on ABC Devo, Cold War. Hello and welcome to ABC Devo, the podcast where we examine every song by Devo alphabetically from the fourth dimension to Wiggly World. I'm John Ingle. I'm Pete the Retailer. I'm Joe Maisel. And I'm Tom Taylor. And today we're talking about Cold War from the 1980 album Freedom of Choice. That's right. It's our first venture, our first foray into Freedom of Choice. The iconic Devo album in the minds of many. It's a good record. It's a solid record. <laughs> I can say that without it's a being wonderful a restaurant. <laughs> it's, it's a really, really good record, and it is the one that, if you showed the cover of it to people, they'd go, that's the, that's the Devo record. But that's those guys, those Whippet guys. The Whippet guys. Oh, I see the Whippet hats. They're wearing the Whippet hats. The flower pots on their heads. Yeah, right. yeah. I think, you know, as far as album covers go, this and, and are, uh, are We Not Men, probably, I guess, are the only two that most people would recognize outright as Devo albums. Mm-hmm. And I think Are We Not Men is probably, uh, that might even be a more recent thing and to, to a lot of people. I've started seeing it, that particular album cover done on T-shirts and things with different, with variations. I think there was a, K, a K2SO one that was pretty popular there for a, <laughs> a while. So, But this is definitely the one, the most storied, you know, album, I guess, of Devo's. Yeah, this is their big, I mean, as... You know, Jocko Homo and Satisfaction were kind of, they were hits, but they were, I don't know, I know this was like their kind of breakout mainstream acceptance album, essentially. Yeah, I mean, this was like, uh, this is the album that had a top 40 hit. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, Jocko Homo and Satisfaction got some radio play and they performed it on television a few times. Right. You know, this was the album with the gold record on it. This is the one I mean, this is the one that they it was kind of the make or break from what I understand as far as, you know, the the stories that come out about what went into making this album and what was expected of them from Warner Brothers was you know, you had a pretty you had a pretty good success with your first album, your second album kinda of tanked Let's get this one going. We better get something out of this one. And um, it didn't work out the, exactly the way they thought it would, but it, uh, the results turned out exactly what they wanted to be exactly what they wanted. Yeah. They swung and they hit. If I can... <laughs> we were talking about something else was a swing and a miss a while back. I forgot what it was. But this was a swing and a hit. Uh, Indeed. Um yeah, but this so for an album that that was their their huge album, I always and and there's a reason, but I always forget which song this is because it's one of the only one of the handful of diva songs that don't um, have the title in the lyrics or vice versa. Right. The lyrics aren't part of the title. Uh, I was um, hoping that you got confused for the same reasons I do, which is I always confuse it with snowball because no. snow is cold. cold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, in Snowball, he says they say Snowball, so I'm. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I, logically that that is correct. However, <laughs> you know, what do you call Cold War? So whenever I see, also it helps that uh, the first time I heard Freedom of Choice it was on a tape a friend made for me, but never put the track listing on it. Oh, so I kind of had to make up song titles. <laughs> so what did you call this one? I don't remember because I did it oh, approximately 28 years ago. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. 
Um, well, when we agree to, we can come up with the actual title for it. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll just make it up. Yeah. Uh, I think we should call it "Go Fight Punch." That okay. would be my choice. <laughs> <laughs> then we don't we don't wouldn't cover it until like months from now. Though, so oh, that's true. We'll stick, we'll stick with it. A paradox. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a is a Bob and uh, Bob one and Gerald V song, not Gerald five, Gerald V Casal. Yes. Um. So Bob one and Jerry wrote this, uh, sung by Jerry. Um. And um, interestingly, I saw that it wasn't. Uh, they didn't really perform this live. Um. Mm-hmm. Much or at all, I don't. I, I I couldn't find any kind of substantiation of of it being part of a live set until uh, the 2009 Freedom of Choice. You know, they did the tour where they played the whole album. Mm-hmm. Um, we were there. Yeah. We, we so w- when we saw this, Joe, that was potentially the first time that they played that in New York ever. Oh wow! Which is kind of nuts. Yeah. Why? Yeah. That, that's strange. Because they did so much touring, you know, yeah. around this album, and then even, you know, obviously for new traditionalists, and you would think that this song would pop up on some set list just to change things up a little bit. I don't know. That's very strange. I'm trying to. Th- I'm kind of going through the song in my head to th- try to figure out if there's some sort of challenging aspect to it. Maybe, <laughs> you know, that there's some instrumentation that would have been hard to pull off live, so they just didn't do it. But I can't. It, it's kind of straightforward in a lot of ways. So I don't know what that would be. Yeah, I mean, it, I, Maybe I there's think something it's little... tonally about it that they couldn't figure out where to put it in the set. Hmm. Could be. I mean, I could see why ultimately you'd be cut out because Freedom of Choice has, off the top of my head, I can think of three, and there's probably another single. Hmm. Uh, and all kind of seminal singles. I mean, you have Freedom of Choice, you have Girl You Want, you have Whip It. Um, even Snowball, they used to play a lot, uh, you know, contemporary to its release, they played a lot. Like, I vaguely remember them playing Snowball on Bandstand. Hmm. Uh, I was looking for that footage today and could not find it, however, so I might be completely wrong. But, uh, uh, so, you know, fans, find it for me. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, I don't know. Uh, it could, could be that there's, you know, I mean, it does sound, I mean, the, the whole album sounds a little bit more like, you know, studio songs than the, than the rest of their stuff. Just, you know, as we've said, it's got that little bit of that polish. But they played a lot of stuff off the album, so why why not Cold War? I don't know. I don't either. That's a mystery. Hmm. Let's add it to the list of things that we're going to ask Jerry when we talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely, yeah. I didn't know that. That is that is a very strange, I, I would think this would make a great live song, and I'm not sure why it wouldn't fit to a sign. Gates of Steel yeah. was the other single that I was blanking out. Oh, on. sure, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I could maybe they did a you know maybe just strictly on the um, on the Freedom of Choice tour. Maybe they did it, but I, I didn't see any um, evidence of that. And I saw somebody specifically say that it wasn't really a, a live song until they played the album in its entirety. So, yeah, who knows. Well, I was going to bring up something, you know, uh, on the heels of the last episode we had. um, uh, Sorry. um, 
about clock out and there was something mentioned about duty now for the future we were talking about that as an album not to get too deeply into just talking about albums but uh somebody i think joe i think you said that you found the duty now for the future to be the best of both worlds in a lot of ways as far as like i guess what maybe utilization of different instruments and so on Mm -hmm. i assume that's what you meant and i agree totally and to me what i might have said on that episode but i sort of saving it for this one was that I, I think so too, but to different extremes. Like I feel like you get extremes on that album, like some pretty big guitar heavy songs and some pretty big synth heavy songs. And uh, I think that has a lot to do with Ken Scott's production and a lot of what they've said about it, that maybe he didn't know exactly that to them. He didn't know exactly how to mix the, the album, the way that the band uh, maybe represented the band, the way they wanted it to be. Sure. So in this one, they, they went out and got a guy named Bob Margoloff uh, to co-produce it with them. And apparently the goal was to try to balance it a little bit more. So you, the idea of getting the best of both worlds in their mind was to maybe balance it a little bit. So it wasn't like as synth heavy here and as guitar heavy there, as even though it is on a couple of tracks. I think there's a couple of big guitar tracks on this um, album, but I think this is a good example of that here because uh, Cold War here's I would say probably leaning into the synth heavy uh, song, but you got this really nice guitar part underneath it too. I mm-hmm. think that works, blends in really well production wise, and I guess this is more what Devo was going for. And um, when you read interviews or listen to people, listen to any of the members of the band talk. This is the album that they were the most happy with as far as production, as far as getting to what that sound that they were wanting to get to. At least that's what I pick up from what they say about it. So getting to this specific song, I think this is a good example of maybe what they were talking about. Uh, listening to it through and through uh, today, uh, really thinking of it in those terms, I think that it is a really nicely balanced song, uh, instrumentally speaking. I'll, you know, I'll buy that. And, you know, the album, and to your point about uh, me pointing out that Duty Now for the Future is kind of the, to me, like sort of the best of all worlds. I do agree with you that it's the best of all worlds in that you kind of get everything, but this is sort of like, in terms of a sort of, um, I'm going to say cogent sound, uh, like you have, I, I mean, nobody is wasted. Um, you know, I will often make comment about how did you know, I'll often make comments about like why did they bother to pay Al- Alan for this album? Because what's he doing? You know, but this you can definitely you know in a lot of tracks you can hear the drums. Um, you can hear you know you can hear Bob wanting guitar. It's a solid like this blends you know this blends it all perfectly. Yeah. I mean, arguably, this album has his best moment, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to give that away right now, but many people feel like. The best work he ever did for this band, or maybe in his entire career, was on a particular song on this album. So, but it's not as heavy, like in the mix, as it was, say, in Clockout. You know, where he's really up front, and like Bob One was complaining about that, maybe a little too up front in the mix. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think that, you know you're right that this is everybody gets their piece in this on this album, and I think the song is it's a good representation of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's, uh, it's something I used to kind of not give extra points for, but something I was always looking for on alphabetical is when like if everybody's doing something interesting that mm-hmm. really boosts the song up. And this is this is you know this album kind of uh, for the most part benefits from that that they're always trying to make sure that everybody's kind of represented in that. Um, this so outside of the album though. 
I feel like this song gets overlooked a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. within the album, but all the the accolades about the album for the album uh, notwithstanding i feel like this track gets overlooked at least um maybe in my in my opinion in my esteem i feel like it gets overlooked not only because i can't remember the the name ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah the name part i agree i i've listened to the song a million times and i can say that i don't think the name like when it comes on, I'm not, I'm never like, oh, Cold War, here it comes. I just, the song just happens, and it, and it does. It kind of drops into the album, if you get what I mean. Do you, you know what I mean? How it starts and ends. It yeah. just seems like it suddenly drops in and happens, and then disappears. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it's easy to overlook that, but at the same time, it's very effective in doing that. I think. I think it's a notable part of the album. Uh, it's hard to say. I, I feel like I'm contradicting myself in a way, but I think that's all right. Um, <laughs> and sort of. But yeah, the, I get what you mean. Like, I never really thought about it. When I saw this the, with the name on the track list or on our on our spreadsheet that this was what we were going to be talking about, I honestly had to think about what, what the hell song this was. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Cold War? Hmm, wait. Oh, okay. Now I get it. No, but, you know, most of the songs, at least on the albums I'm really familiar with, um, I get them right away. So, yeah, I don't know. It is weird. I mean, okay, the the it, this is 1980, right? Yep. Okay, so yeah, it's a, it, we're in the middle, you know, the the height, I guess, of the Cold War. So, I mean, yeah, there's no reason for the song to be called Cold War, really. I mean, it talks about love and war and tug of war and stuff. And was it just like, you know what? Reagan's America's getting me down. It just started, but it's already getting me down. Let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's call this one Cold War. Just just because somebody needs to say something about the Cold War. Maybe not. It's weird. It is. You're right. It is. Well, there is kind of a little bit of a war theme. I mean, there there is a war theme, but it's not. Again, it's not a um, uh, a violent, you know, shooting war. Right. So it is, in a sense, a Cold War, a different type of Cold War. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, that, that maybe it's them saying, you know, Okay, we could politicize an awful lot. We do politicize an awful lot, um, not directly talking about politics so much, but in this case, they sort of decided to talk about gender politics a little bit, I think. And it's like, well, there's not just one Cold War. We're fighting like a Cold War um, in our relationships with each other, you know? It's, <laughs> uh, and, and in the lyrics, I, you know, to talk about the lyrics a little bit. Going through them and actually reading them, I see it's actually kind of a brilliantly written song. There's all kinds of little moments, structurally speaking, where, um, well, structurally speaking, I think it works really well in telling a, a bit of a story here. But there's parts where they're telling, they're giving a, the idea of this you know, tug of war. They say it directly, but then in other places they give this kind of ironic moments. Oh, like tug of war. That's what I called it on my mixtape. <laughs> okay. That, that makes total sense. But it says, uh, you know, go, go, fight, fight, punch your way to happiness. And then it says, go, go, light, light, or you'll never be a big success, which is completely contradictory, right? Like, in, right. in my mind it is. Those two lines together, and it's like, isn't that exactly how you feel when you're in a relationship with somebody a lot of the times? Right. You know, I, I just kind of feel like you're at this uh, constant stalemate. We're at constant stalemate with each other is kind of what they're saying, not to get too like earnest about it. But I think that is what they're saying. And then calling it Cold War is sort of a Devo-esque thing to do where they're saying, ha-ha, they'll think – They'll think we're talking about politics here, <laughs> right. uh, but really we're just talking about people. And um, yeah, I do think, you know, I think they even express it in 
um, in the book 33 and a Third about this album, the 33 and a Third book about this album, that, that they were a little tired of politics. They were a little tired of going on and on about those kind of things or thinking about those things too much. So they decided mm-hmm. to write a relationship song of sorts. And it's a much more, you know, to their credit, it's a much more mature relationship song than many of their earlier relationship songs were. Yeah. Well, yeah, interestingly, like this does. Um, yeah, if you compare it to, let's say, some of the earlier, you know, we, we've we've already mentioned that sometimes in the in the really early kind of hardcore era stuff that there there are things that may come off as kind of problematic as far as their relationship sure. relationships with women. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we were, we were if we were uh, trying to be as polite as possible, we'd say sexual frustration is a big theme <laughs> with early Devo. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, then compare to, you know, we, we've been talking about some of the uh, later, the kind of as they transition both, you know, musically and lyrically into their other stuff where the, the, um, the, there are things where it just seems like less of a kind of, I'm angry about this take and more of a like, well, wouldn't it be nice if this was different kind of, kind of a take. Um, uh, and this this kind of goes with that. It's more of a kind of like an out, uh, like a step back look and not so much like, oh, I'm I'm angry about my relationship. It's just kind of like, isn't it funny how the relationships are like a war? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think that there's a lot of honesty in this, though. Because oh, yeah. one thing that occurred to me, uh, and I, when I say honesty, I mean being very personable, personal about something, about themselves. It's not just – I get what you're saying. I think that is there. I think there is this observant sort of tone to it. But then when it – Drops into the I don't know I guess is this the chorus I, I heard it uh, said that all is fair in love and war mm-hmm. I guess that's the chorus um, that you know when people say things like that to you you know well that's the way it is that's how how it is with people how many times have you had a thought similar to um, to what's life for <laughs> like what the f- is the point if that's right. all that it is if everybody is like this then what are we doing it for yeah. and I, it's a, that's a feeling I've had a, a hundred times in relationships with other people so to me that's a that's kind of a deep personal thing that they're being very honest about whoever i mean you said jerry and uh uh, bob one wrote this one is that what you said yeah i actually didn't see the credit for that so to me that's a pretty honest thing to to say about how you're approaching relationships so it's kind of weirdly real for devo as far Mm -hmm. as talking about uh romance romantic relationship now i kind of find the song a little bit of a rough draft for love without anger hmm uh, yes. Which is another interesting thing about Freedom of Choice is that, you know, there are analogs to later Devo songs like Planet Earth, The Beautiful World would be the mm-hmm. kind of the obvious one. Uh, stay tuned for Planet Earth. <laughs> Coming next but, year. But, uh, yeah, there's a, like, there is a thematic, I mean, there's a thematic similarity. Um, and I do kind of feel one thing that's sort of, I mean, I think there, there's nothing wrong with the song Cold War. Right. Um, if it didn't come after, for my money, a fantastic song in this album, I would probably like it a little bit better. And if also, if I didn't prefer love, with, if I didn't really like love without anger a lot, I think I would enjoy the song a little more. Like there's just sort of like, it's not bad, but they'll do the same material better at another time. Hmm. I want to say it's not bad. That's a little bit too reductive. It's a good song. It's just not. It yeah. doesn't work for me as well as uh, other versions of the same theme will. Hmm. Fair enough. No, I, 
I, I'm not going to say I agree with your assessment or comparison of the two songs, but I agree with the sentiment. Yeah, I think they, they do play with these ideas a little bit uh, uh, in both songs. So in that case, it really comes down to a matter of preference. But um, I think they treat the material really well here. I think the, the, the theme of this song is surprisingly, in a way, when you consider the things that they've been saying about these things, uh, about these sort of ideas earlier in their career, it's kind of surprisingly mature. Yeah. Even the yeah. very, very ending of the song, it just ends, it like kind of cuts off the initial beginning of the song. I owe you absolutely nothing, and it ends. And Which, we, all yeah. know, we all know Pete loves that part. But, oh, yeah. yeah. He fades out saying <laughs> absolutely no, nothing over and over again, just fading no. out forever. <laughs> um, but yeah, on the one hand, that sounds really harsh and cold, like a Cold War. But mm. like it also, on the other hand, it sounds... Like as if we're treating this as a very mature, just straight look at a realistic uh, relationship, then it's kind of like it's 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 kind of cold, but it's also kind of like, look, we're two people. I don't owe you anything, but maybe the situation is going to continue. It's an endless tug of war. We don't owe each other anything, but we're going to be in this. We're going to keep going at it, like in good ways and bad ways. You know, it's like it's not just a war. It's uh, it's ups and downs. Um, but we're kind of at this, uh, you know, I'm an individual. I don't owe you anything. You don't owe me anything, but we're in this together kind of thing. So it's, yep. it's, it sounds cold, but it's also kind of hopeful in a weird way. And I think it's important that you say that you don't owe me anything part two, because that mm-hmm. part's not in the song. <laughs> right, right. It, it right. would have been... It you need been, the equivocation. I think that it would have been far too on the nose to have it be in the song. I think I can take it as implied here. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that... Yeah. I don't think it could sound, if you took those last that last line as bread, uh, you could say, well, that's pretty snarky, man. Like, you, you know, like, presumably she doesn't owe you anything. Well, I think he's saying it goes both ways. I just don't think yeah. it had to be in the lyrics, per se. Mm-hmm. It's from a personal point of view, so you know he doesn't have to really, uh, uh, you know, articulate the other person's point of view as well. Right, which is also right. not something you do when you're in a fight. True. You're not, not going to say, again, you know what? You don't owe me anything. And that's very I honest. Know. Yeah. It also has that nice, uh, that nice quality that when Devo does it well, they do it very well, which is. I am an alien writing a song about the human condition, not somebody who experiences it. Yeah. Um, you know, to, Which, to make another comparison, it's sort of like the Leonard Nimoy single, Highly Illogical. <laughs> <laughs> Except, uh, you know, I don't want to say Highly Illogical's bad, but, uh, you know, maybe not played as much for laughs. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's, I think, you know, a large part of their uh, appeal to let's say people like us too that you know is is that kind of uh intelligent yet slightly detached um look at things from people who are you know kind of growing up socially maybe we were all a little bit intelligent and socially detached mm-hmm. could be <laughs> so you see you might say it's been said I think that it's very, I think it's notable. Certainly socially detached in my case. <laughs> I really think it is notable that we're all, that, that there's this discussion about, I keep going to the, this is a very personal, honest, sincere look at love or romance or, or fighting or however you want to put it. And then there's also the commentary that it's a detached and observant view. And I think both of them have credence. And I think that that makes the song really rich. I actually think that's, there's something about that duality that makes the 
this song even more interesting than I thought it was before we started talking about it. So I don't know. This, this, I think the grade, the grade might be going up a little bit here as we continue to talk. Yeah, I mean, it is. It, it, it's. I think it's absolutely both of those things that it's like I've, you know, he's. It's personally, he's talking about. Um, I'm not sure who the kind of. I'll assume that that um, Jerry was the main lyricist here because that usually how it. You know, maybe the co-write for Bob was more kind of with the, uh, you know, the the tune of the song, but I could mm-hmm. be wrong. Um, but you know, it, it, you, it, it reads of his experience with it, and yet being able to kind of step back and and you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of liken it, you know, uh, create this this uh, metaphor of it in this using these this war imagery and stuff or tug of war and and cold war essentially and you know that brings up something we've discussed a little bit too about who wrote what song or who had the heavier hand in what song uh we talked about a little bit maybe i guess in the green room earlier but uh to me, like even if I didn't know what the uh, songwriting you know credits were exactly for this, I might guess it's a Jerry mm-hmm. um, lyrically just from some of the more. And I'm not saying this in the pejorative way. The use of cliches, mm-hmm. um, the use of saying "all is fair in love and war," using tug of war as a metaphor. That's you know a little bit cliche. I don't think it's a bad thing. No, he um, liked to play with uh, American idioms. Yeah, yeah, he did, and and I think that's it, there's something. A little bit subversive about that, for sure. I don't think Mark is, is. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Somebody might call me out on this, but I don't think he was as apt to do that. I don't think he. His lyrics tended to be a little bit more bizarre, like a little bit more off, completely off center. Um, so I'm wondering now if we're going to be able to, uh, as we go along here, start to sort of point out the lyrical. Um, um, specifics of each songwriter. If, if say, Mark is the John and, and Jerry's the Paul or, or whatever, and see if we can sort of make that you know, sort of distinction the way you can with a Beatles song where you can tell, well, it's a Lennon-McCartney yeah. uh, licensed song. It's tri- uh, you know attributed to both of them, but you can, if, if you listen to the Beatles long enough, you can kind of tell who wrote what, you know, and so, I don't mm-hmm. know. I'll throw that out there. That could be like a little through line yeah. we have as we continue on. Because uh, I'd say, yeah, all is fair in love is uh, in love and war. I don't think Mark writes that lyric. I just, I might be wrong, but I don't think he does. I think that's definitely a Jerry kind of thing to do. Yeah, no, and, and we'll have a. Um, I'm going to go back to the talking about the weekend mutation for for a minute, but we'll have a good opportunity to do that in a couple months when we have um, one song that we just talked about recently is um identical to another song that we're going to talk about in march or so <laughs> right but with, you know jerry lyrics versus mark lyrics so that would be a good kind of you know by that point maybe we'll start you know holding them up against each other and being like oh yeah this is this is relevant to that this is uh, this is definitely that flavor um but for now we're we're talking about this we're, we're here in the in the main feed talking about the album tracks um cold war John, you were saying that the the grade might be rising. How high did how high did it get? I had it at a B plus, but I'm going to take it up to an A minus. I'm going to bump it up just a little bit. Hearing your guys's point of view on the song and taking it into account, and um, and, and I find it a legitimate, you know, differ, slightly differing viewpoint from mine, but a very, you know, like I said, legitimate one. I'm going to put it up to an A minus. Nice. Yeah, I um. I was wavering a little bit, but I think I'm going to land on B plus. It's it's you know it is a good song. It's a really good song, and I I 
Um, I just feel like there are a couple of other things that, I mean, and I'm not kind of grading everything relative to everything else necessarily, but I feel like there are things that, um, there are higher highs, you know, from this album and, and in, in the catalog in general. So this is a, it's a perfectly above average, wonderful Devo song, but it doesn't, uh, I don't think it's in, in the A's in, in my book. It's close, mm. but it's not, it's not quite there. Um, yeah, I give it a B plus as well, uh, for the same reasons. It's a it's a solidly good song. I enjoy it very much, but um, yeah, I don't know if I'd necessarily you know if I'm looking at my entire Devo catalog. I'm like, oh, I want to go find me some Cold War and listen to it. I don't know if I'd like seek it out as much as I would a lot of other songs. Um, so it's solidly in the B range, and it's a B plus because it's really good. I also want to point out there's this lyric here that I always thought was. I, I've, I've had it wrong until like doing it for this uh go go fight fight punch your way to happiness i thought he was referring to someone as you way too happy miss thank you not uh not thematically uh out, out of the realm of possibility so, yeah true true it works weird it well. could be yeah <clears throat> I am uh, also going with the B plus, and uh, it's a perfectly fine song. But I mean, if I and I feel I kind of have to compare it to. Uh, I feel I do have to kind of make a comparison. I feel that uh, for this album and for the band in general, but for this album, um, you know, in punch out speak there are a lot of uppercuts, and this is a jab. And you know what? You need your jabs. Yeah, <laughs> like that is not in you know that is not an insult, but like you know I, I wish I could write a B plus song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if I wouldn't have gotten so excited, we would have had a flush there straight right. B pluses. Oh. But uh, this no, does still make the uh, B side of the mixtape, though, right? Just because I gave it an A doesn't <laughs> knock it off of the mixtape altogether, does it? I don't know. I think it's got to be Bs, right? Oh my god! So Cold War just so my choice to give it an, a <laughs> better it. grade kept it off of the mixtape. That doesn't make Bad any shit. sense. Really? Sorry, Cold War. I loved you too much. Yeah, that seems wrong. We're going to have to talk we'll, about this. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> rules are rules, buddy. <laughs> um, no, but I, 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 I'm glad you, I'm glad you bumped it up because I, I heard it in your voice that the, the you know, the, the, it, it resonated with you. I think slightly more than the rest of us. So that, that makes sense. That Did we you? Were all, we were all lower a little bit, and you were, you, you bumped it over the edge there. Really, you were, you were able to detect that from my long diatribes about how much I like this song. <laughs> Something told me. Peaking around people. Good. Don't be mistaken. Wow, man. That's good. That's good. Hmm. Um, <laughs> well, here's a um, here's something that I did that I do from time to time. I started a Spotify station uh, off of Cold War. And I wasn't sure whether to do the um, the there's like the remastered one or the original one. They're they're both on there, so I just went with the original one. Why not? Um, and uh, the next song after Cold War on the Spotify station is "I'm So Green" by Can. Oh, <laughs> huh. that's in- that's very interesting. I I, I love Can, but I can't lock down that song. I need to invest in some can. 
you do at least uh and i i'm gonna mangle the pronunciation but um Egebemyasi, i believe is how you pronounce it the one with the can of okra on the front is just an all-timer you got to get that album if you haven't uh have if you haven't heard it prominently it's basically the score or the soundtrack of uh the paul thomas anderson film inherent vice oh yeah no that's how yeah. i mean that's how i know the band I, yeah. I, well, that's how I learned about the band effectively oh wow um but uh yeah just one of those things that never came up until that movie that's the that's the starter album there and that's the one i really the only one i really know but yeah can's great but i can't put my finger on that song because song titles aren't something that i know really well from that band so i don't know that's Uh, that's cool can's cool yeah that's i i also kind of know of them and know that i should give them a try and i just haven't really uh haven't really taken that tour yet but it's an interesting, you know, we've, we've seeing what the other stuff is and so the, that in the radio station, you know, for a lot of it, it's been, you know, other new wave stuff, but I mean, cold war, maybe it's the, you know, maybe it's the interesting kind of rhythm. Maybe it's the stop and startiness, but there's the, I feel like it threw a wrench in there a little bit. Cause it's got can, it's got Tom, Tom club, captain Beefheart, stereo lab. Like it's taken a little bit of a, I mean, it's still got some, you know, talking heads and stuff in there, but it's 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 guessing. It's a more interesting station than it was with you know some of the other tracks. It hmm. does it does kind of seem like it's guessing a little bit. Like ah, what about some Captain Beefheart? That's kind of weird, <laughs> right? That's weird, right? right? But yeah, that's cool. That sounds like a really good station. Right? Yeah. yeah, maybe I'll save this station somehow. I don't know how to save it. Follow? Do I follow a station? I'll learn how to use Spotify off the air. Um, <laughs> in the meantime. We will, I guess we'll we'll talk about whether or not we're going to add that to the B side of the playlist, uh, <laughs> and um, then uh, coming up this weekend, we've got uh, a, a weekend mutation like we were talking about. If you uh, if you like Devo, if you want to hear us talk about some of the other songs, some of the other um, non album cuts, the hardcore stuff, the demos, the B sides, etc., um, go to patreon.com slash abcdevo. Find us there. Put a little jingle in our jeans, a little gas in our tank. Little, little little money in our bank accounts. I don't want to call pencils and our sharpeners. It's not a fee. It's a low monthly uh, donation, low monthly support donation. amount. Um, and you can you can have access to those, and we'd very much appreciate it. Um, uh, but other than that, Some if you boards in our bags, well, I can keep going. If you if you uh, you know a little more casual, that's fine too. You want to come back here? Um, you know, meet us in the main feed. We'll be back um, next week. Uh, if you come back, then Johnny will come back because we're up to come back Johnny um, from Are We Not Men, which is actually going to be our, this was our first uh, Freedom of Choice song. Come back Johnny is going to be our first Are We Not Men song. No. It's weird that we're wow. this late into the into wow. the project yeah. and we're still doing our first songs off some of these key albums. But there it is. There it'll be. Come back Tuesday. Come back Johnny. ABC Devo, everybody. Don't worry, I will be back. That was smooth. <laughs> like a noodle nap. Oh. Now you killed it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>